Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Pertes Pasekimo 9.3 Zera Bechol Na'asa Tachas Hashemesh This is evil in all that, I, that is done under the sun, so he's describing what he sees as the most egregious ra, which is the, the lack of good, the, the glaring uh, lack of wholeness or, or elegance, beauty, something that is ra, lacking tov of completion. He doesn't identify what that is. He just says ze, this. Kimikra echad lakol. For or that one event happens to all. And the previous verse we said, Hakol kasher lakol mikra echad. Everybody's subject to the same events of fortune. We describe various manifestations of that, whether righteous or wicked, all those various choices that people make in their lives. People can still be subject to fortunes that seem to have no relationship to their choices. So it could be referring to continuity of that verse, Kimikra Echad Lakol. That seems to be one, probably the most dominant interpretation of the verse. Another interpretation could be more focused on Mikra Echad Lakol of mortality as the, the big one event that happens to all. Vigam lev bnei ha'adam mole ra v'holelos and also the heart of the sons of the man are filled with evil and frivolity bilvavam in their hearts b'chayem in their lives. V'acharov el ha'mesim and afterwards to the dead. Let's see Targum. Targum is somewhat ambiguous in his identification of Mikra Echad Lakol in this verse. So I have to try and explore what we can of his meaning. Dain Mazel Bish, Bechol Alma. This is the evil fortune in the entire world. Deis Abe Techos Shimsha, that is occurring under the sun. Arom irun chad lekola, for there is one occurrence for all. Lechol dayore alma, for all of the residents of the planet. So this does, I would think, tend a little bit towards the identification of death, because he's describing something that is truly ubiquitous, happens to everybody as opposed to in the previous verse where both the righteous and wicked and all the pairs described can experience similar things. But here he's speaking about something that is truly affecting everybody in a, a similar manner. So that, that interpretation of death would fit a little bit better perhaps in the Targum, although one could describe it as just again the 
nature of fortune or what seems to be chance. Ve'af libo divne anosha, and even the heart of the sons of man, ismale bish are filled with evil. Alda, over this. So if it means over the prospect of mortality, there is a, a sense of lacking due to the looming mortality that everybody needs to confront or the apparent capriciousness that everybody is subjected to fortune independent of their choices could be interpreted either way but ismalevish filled with evil or with a lack is that again the opposite of tov of, of wholeness there's a sense of not being empowered when confronting this universal experience. Vechulchulta bilvavehon. Vechulchulta means like a a type of deception and a deception in their heart. Kol yome chayehon or an illusion in their heart, all the days of their life. Now if this is describing mortality, it would be describing the illusion of immortality. People live their lives as though they will live forever. It's an illusion. Everybody knows that everybody dies, but people live their lives with this illusion that they will live forever. Alternatively, the illusion in their hearts that they are the masters of their own fortune. Again, it's not 100% clear which way Targum is going, at least to me. Uvasar sofohi, and after their end, de anosha of man, nitirle, it is guarded for them, lis vakho im mesayo to debate with the dead, bedin chayovaya, in the matter of justice of the guilty. So this evil in the hearts of man, this deception that people live with is guarded for them and then in death, it is a subject of debate. How does this play out in justice, the justice of the guilty? Everybody has some measure of guilt. And everybody is subject, let's work with mortality, everybody's subject to mortality. And everybody's subject to the illusion that they'll keep going. So, how does that circumstance play out in a person's responsibility and liability for their errors? People intellectually know that this is the way of the world to die, it's universal, but they emotionally cannot confront it or integrate it, and the way that that plays out in how people live 
can engender a degree of guilt. If a person is not living their life the way they should because of this illusion, how much are they to be considered guilty for that? How, how does that play out? It's, it's a debate among the dead, with the dead. The knowledge of the, the reality of mortality with the illusion of immortality. Or, alternatively, again, if he's talking about fortune in a general sense, so the illusion of being empowered over one's own fortune, how does that play out after, when considering the guilt for one's sins, how does that interact with a person's actual level of guilt? Let's see how Rashi explains this verse. Lev b'nei ha'adam molera. The heart of the sons of the man are filled with evil. She'omrim, they say, ein din puranos l'rashayim. There is no punishment for the wicked. Everything is just random chance. Sometimes for the righteous, sometimes for the wicked. Be it good or bad, the hearts of the sons of man are filled with this evil in a sense of a denial of justice, of cosmic justice, and substitute it with the expansion of chance or fortune to encompass everything. Not just one circumstance, but that's the entire range of a person's existence subject to fortune and circumstance. That is the evil within the hearts of the sons of man. Va'achrav el hamesim, and afterwards to the dead. Visofan yordin leganam, and in their end they descend to purgatory. Rashi is telling something, describing to us something that is very important that it's visofan, it's at their end. Not at their beginning. A person who claims that there's no justice in a cosmic sense, everything is random, just the luck of the draw, sometimes good, sometimes bad, independent of a person's choices, can still lay claim to some ideals of morality, they can still say, I'll try and be a good person and avoid doing things that I think are wrong. It's not immediate. It's not a natural and immediate consequence of this worldview that there is no justice, that they will immediately go out and commit all the atrocities in the world. That's not the way it works. Rashi says, visofa, and their end is to descend 
to Gehenna, to purgatory. It is the natural consequence on the long term. The belief that there is no justice will give a person the false sense of security that they can cut corners, that they can give in to their evil inclination, what of it? There won't be a consequence. The end of such a worldview, slowly, with time, will inevitably and inexorably lead them to Gehenna, to purgatory. The facade of believing in random chance, no justice, and yet maintaining morality, is just that. It's a facade that cannot weather the challenges of real life. In the end, such a person will fall into Gehenna. Let's see the Mitsudas David. Zera. This is evil. Concerning all that takes place in the world. There's nothing as evil and hard as this. That the same thing happens to all people. Because of this, also the hearts of man are filled with thoughts of evil. To entertain the idea that there is no divine providence and there is no justice. And frivolity, the Targum said it, and deception or illusion. In all the days of their life, there is in their heart a disorientation. They're mixed up, they're ambivalent, they're not sure. And afterwards, Achar, Hashimu, after this confusion, Yordim Elamesim, they will go descend to the dead. Rotolomar, meaning to say, Lo Halchamehem Hashimu, they will not be able to resolve this state of confusion. Ad Kimesu, Vishachvu Kever Imamesim, till they die and are lying buried with the dead. Vaovad Imkain. And at that point, they will lose the illusion and be aware of the reality that there is divine providence and there is justice. But in a sense, for their choices in the world, it's too late. It's after their death. Let's see this far now. This is evil in all that is done under the sun. For one occurrence happens to all. For one who strives to achieve eternity, the eternal life, through investigation, the pursuit of understanding, and through deed, 
As a human being, he still will be required to invest efforts for the temporal existence. Got to put bread on the table. He's got to invest time and energy to live in the here and now. Just like a person who is entirely materialistic devotes himself entirely to the pursuit of the temporal, this person who has greater goals is still within the orbit of such a need to at least partially focus his energies on living here and now. As our sages said in Brachos 35b, Many tried to live their lives modeled after Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was entirely devoted to the pursuit of Chaye Olam, the eternal life, his life in this world was miraculous. He had a, a carob tree grow up, and he had a spring. He was not engaged in derech eretz, in the classic sense. He was kulo muktosh, lishtadel hasig chaye olam, trying to achieve the perfection for his eternal life. Many people tried to model themselves after that, but they were not successful. And the Svar is explaining, what does it mean they were not successful? Not just that they were not successful in one realm, but not in either realm. So in the arena of getting by in this world, not everybody succeeded like Rabbi Shem Rabbi Yochai. And in the pursuit of the attainment of Chaye Olam through Iyun Maisa, also, they were not successful. Although that's what they were focused on, it is counterintuitive. But the Svorna says, nonetheless true, it's a paradox, that in order to actually succeed, both in achieving Chaye Olam and Chaye Shah, a person has to be engaged in the pursuit of both. And focusing on one or the other is not a good recipe. And even if one focuses just on the spiritual, just on achieving spiritual perfection, it doesn't mean that they'll get that at the expense of life in this world, but they won't have that either. That is what Tosfarno is saying. Remarkable. Loze veloze. And also the hearts of the sons of men are filled with evil in their hearts, in their lives. And that which occurs, that is evil, from that which those pursuing enlightenment and good deeds, it's They will need to, by definition, negate and siphon off some of their energies to fulfill their needs in this world for the short-term needs of their life here. 
there is a danger here as well. The hearts of the sons of man are filled with evil in the matter of their heart and intellect in their lives. Because they think that the correct focus from the perspective of the intellect is to pursue the best life in this world alone. That is an error that a person can be drawn into. It's uh, kind of like, it's hard to lose weight on a diet because people need to eat. A person could just say, I'm going cold turkey, I'm not eating anymore. It's not going to work. Because they need to eat, so it's easy to be drawn after the pursuit and engorgement of the food. So a person needs to invest their energies to live in this world. So they are drawn to it. They're, it's part of what they need. It's easy to get sucked into it and have it overtake a person's life. After this evil fallacy, Elamason to the dead. They think evil. Just like on the dead. That also this human intellectual perspective is something that will be lost. If they are so focused on the physical, then there's no need to pursue anything of the intellect because in their perspective, the intellect will also be lost. There is nothing to be preserved or gained, and all the energies will be focused just on the immediate gratification within this world. That's the, the ultimate fallacy. <laughs>